Joy of Julian on the brown note and a very belated review of Top Gun Maverick, which is the I possibly the biggest COVID film. It's a, certainly the biggest, become the biggest film of the year, but I think it's the highest gross for film since COVID started. Uh, 1.4 billion at the moment. It's actually overtaken Avengers Infinity War. A lot of these films were the highest grossing or like in the top two or three when they were released so it's done just amazing business it's blown everyone away so the original was uh during the early years of tom cruise's ascent to movie stardom uh something you thought would last for probably five or ten years and has instead lasted probably 35 years where he is still in that same pocket tom cruise like he came on the scene with like risky business and top gun at the start but in the 90s, he tried to sort of... He, is a really, he can be a really, really good actor. In the 90s, he started doing all this stuff like Born on the Fourth of July and the astonishing performance in Magnolia and obviously trying to win an Oscar and be taken seriously. Um, and they just wouldn't give it to him. If you can't win an Oscar, a Best Supporting Actor Oscar for your performance in Magnolia, one of the great performances... I think of all time. Um, he obviously they just won't give him one. So he sort of went away and retreated back into what he knew, which was um, blockbusters. And at the start, the Mission Impossible franchise wasn't so great. But that, like the Fast and the Furious franchise, really came of age and became this absolutely humongously state of the art, brilliant series for, for Fast and the Furious for like five, six, seven and then tapering off a bit. But the Mission Impossible ones really haven't. Uh, and, I, and I think the latest Mission Impossible has been like hit by COVID and, and it's, like, it's been like four years in the making already. So Top, Top Gun, when it came out, was one of the most iconic 80s films ever. You see the name Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer. Uh, producers come up on the screen and those F-14 Tomcats. And it was a really crap film. I'm sorry, it's a very iconic film, a very memorable film. It makes great use of, you know, big screen, big sound system, hearing those jets piling on. It had one of the great soundtracks of the 80s. But it's, it's a crap film. It's got no story at all. And it had a very memorable cast of Al Kilmer and, you know, the, like the cockiest Tom Cruise you could get. And it's never not been a loved film. It's just not very good. Um, and no one wanted a sequel to it. It was just a ridiculous idea. And it came out and it just took off. I think because it got such good... Top Gun Maverick came out and just got such good reviews that I think it propelled it into the stratosphere immediately. Um, in between the two films, Tom Cruise has occupied this really weird place of being very not liked by a lot of people because of this uncanny weirdness to his personalities where they where they don't quite know that he's you know they want what's underneath the impeccably friendly veneer what's behind the eyes what's the real thing and the scientology thing fed into everyone's distrust and dislike of him i've never had a problem with him he can be great in films the one where he's a hitman I wish he had carried on acting in more character roles. That was a, the Michael Mann film where he was a hitman. It was just magnificent. Uh, I can't remember what it's called now. The appearance in Tropic Thunder, 
He can be great, but he really has stuck to his guns as a big-budget franchise boy. Uh, coming unstuck with The Mummy, obviously, where um, a lot of the time he's the producer or one of the producers as well. Um, so he's just really making Mission Impossible films. And this came out of nowhere. It was going to be directed by Tony Scott, who did the original. Possibly with that film launching a template which could encompass everything from the Bad Boys movies and Michael Bay's entire filmography. A very brash, loud American cinema. Um, this is a story you could write yourself. Uh, I, I knew everything that would happen in this story. Tom Cruise is shown at the start. He's a fighter pilot who is now doing testing on um, super planes that can go Mach 10. And he's basically almost booted out of his position at the start of the film. But unsurprisingly, they want him back at Top Gun to train the new recruits. Honestly, every single thing that happened in this film I knew in advance. It was just it's like the most predictable story I've ever seen. So... Some, like in the other film, uh, a North Korea or some unnamed country. And it's interesting how the macro, macro politics, global politics, never infect these films. It's only like in this homogenized group of the Top Gun Academy is, is all you see of the external world. There's never any sort of news bulletin showing something happening. But they've got this thing. They're building a nuclear base in the middle of this valley. And they, the Americans have to stop them before they get the uranium there by blowing it up and it's a really difficult flight path in and once they're there they've got to get out and they've got all these next generation fighters to get past so Tom Cruise is brought back as one of the only people in the Navy with this kind of flight experience and he has to train all of the new ones and the caveat is that Miles Teller is playing the son of Gooseman who was his wingman in the first Top Gun Anthony Edwards in the first one who was Goose who died when his ejector seat failed and um, Tom Cruise is then shown that his son is going to be one of these recruits on this suicide mission and there's the added caveat that Tom Cruise blocked him in his earlier career joining the Navy and becoming part of the Navy Air Force for reasons which are actually quite moving as it progresses so um, there's there's slightly more story than the first film, but very little uh, more. Really great to see Jennifer Connelly in this film. I love her. Uh, I think she's been really underused, but over time she shows up in some really good roles. I saw her in Noah again the other night. I think that's an underappreciated film. I really like her. She brings. I love the fact that she is the only woman in this film that is uh, portrayed as um, sexy or a love interest. And like I keep saying, she's 51. They're, we're in the age where, you know, the hottest women on, in films in Hollywood now and action heroes even are all over 45. And I think this is just amazing. So she turns up in a really warm performance. I thought she brought a lot to the film. Is it any good? It is. It is really good. It is such a, it's such a slight story. Um, and once you move away from Tom Cruise is the film... And Tom Cruise has never been this almost humble and likable in films. He's, he, he's, it's the most likable Tom Cruise I think I've seen. 
he is quite humble and he has I love the fact that he has this text relationship with Val Kilmer Val Kilmer is now the Admiral top dog and he keeps Tom Cruise from being sacked but he's also had throat cancer and he's about to die and they they have this text relationship where it's, it's, it's ice and you're like that's pretty cool actually and he does go and visit him and um, Val Kilmer had serious surgery and couldn't barely speak um, so he does crop up but mainly it's new people in this film you get Ed Harris John Hamm and the dynamic is for on, the, on their side it's quite similar to the original Top Gun but Cruise is, is no he's not cocky at all here he's actually he's really decent and likeable and nice and humble and he rekindles a relationship with um I've got the name Jennifer Connolly. Uh, and Miles Teller is really good here. There's only three of them that are actually stand out in this film, and that's Miles Teller and um, Jennifer Connolly and Tom Cruise. None of the young'uns in this film are remotely memorable. I remembered one name, Hangman. None of the others, I can tell you what their names are. It makes great use of like, very widescreen, colourful cinematography. The aerial combat, due to um, modern technology, is as good as it's ever been done it's incredible to to look at the um sky battles are phenomenal there's so little story to hang it on but it's still incredibly exciting to watch and um the, the thing is is that they don't put their foot wrong they don't do anything to mess it up they give you exactly what you want all the way through. Even seeing Jerry Bruckheimer's name at the start on the screen with Danger Zone playing in the background, it's just, it, it, it's almost spine tingling. It, it's something, one thing that's great about it is it's, it's very rewatchable uh, and it's going to have a long afterlife because it makes great, it will make great use of massive televisions with great sound systems behind it. So it's um, entirely everything that you want it to be. And um, I didn't like the song at the end. I thought they could have put Take My Breath Away in at that moment. Aesthetically, they get everything so right. And then there's this song. Is it Lady Gaga or someone at the end? It's really It really spoils the mood. But anyway, that's a very minor quibble. Otherwise, it's just so solid and... It's somewhere where they just don't mess it up. They do such a good job of not messing anything up. So a really solid 8 out of 10 for Top Gun Maverick. Uh, 